0: Tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon.
1: It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by baths or something.
0: Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff.
1: Hello and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell and talk about it. I'm Lark Malachi Gray
0: and I am Jesse Blount and today we are talking about chapters 32 through 34 of Carry On, all of which are in Baz's POV. So <clears throat> chapter 32 picks off right after chapter 31 in which Baz has left their bedroom after some serious UST, AKA unresolved sexual tension. Mm -hmm. Baz ruminates on almost going to the mage's office where Fiona desperately wants him to go in search of any intel on what the fuck the mage is doing. Instead, he goes to the catacombs to eat and returns to their room when Simon is asleep. Baz is still feeling pretty shitty, but he has a comfortable bed and gets to watch Simon sleep A total normal thing to do when you are hopelessly in love with your enemy. Chapter 33. Still in his bed, Baz thinks on his and Simon's UST. He figured out around his fifth year that he didn't actually want Simon to die and is in fact in love with him. Like a moth to the flame, if you will. (laughs) Except not because vampires are super flammable. Even if Baz comes from two lines of fire magicians. Chapter 34. Baz is woken up because Simon gets up at 6 a.m. to be the first person to breakfast. He lets us know that he didn't try to kill Simon at the beginning of his fifth year, but he totes tried to get to get rid of Simon's voice with the cursed tape recorder because UST and unrequited love, enabled by Fiona. He didn't quite know what it would do, which way, way to set your nephew up, Fiona. <laughs> Baz is actually horrified by what happens, though Fiona isn't, and Baz doesn't try to harm Simon after that. Baz fatalistically thinks that he will not survive a serious fight with Simon, but thinks the fight is inevitable because protecting his traditions and shit. Back to the present, as both Simon and Baz get dressed for the day, Simon tries to tell Baz about his mom, but Baz is a sarcastic shit, and Simon, too flustered to tell him anything, goes to breakfast.
1: Yes. Uh, just a brief reminder. We're spoiling everything through the end of this book but nothing from Wayward Sun. And uh, before we get into our first section we're just gonna make a little request for all of you who are listening to go leave us a review on iTunes or perhaps Stitcher because it really is helpful in terms of uh, in terms of people finding the podcast and stuff so, also, it makes us happy. And uh, on that note, I want to thank Lila Joy 4 for leaving us a lovely review. You're rad. And with that, let's get into... Easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go, where we talk about everything that doesn't belong anywhere else. Do you want me to start? No, I want to say something. Okay. Which is that the description that Baz gives us of Simon's eyes in this chapter, <laughs> I think Rainbow Rowell wrote for you, Jesse, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I just really didn't want you to beat me to that. So. Actually,
0: I, actually, I didn't have that. So I really appreciate you saying that. Um,. For those that don't have the books in front of you or have read the books yet, uh, Baz goes out of his way to describe that Simon's eyes are just blue and not like the sea or with a s- slash of hazel or whatever the fuck flowy-ass shit people like to give when they write people having blue eyes. They're just blue. And I, A, appreciate that. And B, that Baz is deflecting a little bit too hard in that bit. <laughs> They're just, they're just, like, regular blue. They're not, like, robin egg blue or, like, sky blue or, like, ocean. They're just, it's just, I've looked, I've looked enough. They're just regular. It's just regular blue.
1: His eyelashes aren't even that long. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he totally is. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah, I just loved it. I feel like it's it's like uh, Rainbow Rowell had been hanging out looking at all of the like cerulean orb memes about like fanfic writers and was like, I am going to do the opposite of this meme. And I was like, this is lovely and funny and meta.
0: Yeah, fanfiction writers love to be really ridiculous describing people's eye color. I mean, no, let me take that back. Specifically, white people's eye color that are either blue or green or whatever. Cause I feel like I've never have read a, a long meditation on like the depths of like people who have brown eyes. And it's just like you guys, like a lot of people have brown eyes. Like the fuck. I would read a whole novel about banned cookbooks in a magical world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would <laughs> Because I'm a nerd. And also, just give give me that. Just let me know. Just, if anyone has written that book, please, Dean, please message us because I want not <laughs> read
1: it. <laughs> yeah, that little section's pretty wild.
0: Yeah, maybe also connected to this is that, I don't remember which chapter it is where Baz mentions his dad goes to the like. Conservative rich people magicians meetings and he just wants to talk about like magical livestock and and like seed stock and I'm like I also want to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a book about magical farmers, please.
1: <laughs> what is oh shit I can't believe I'm gonna forget. You know seed catalogs are like some of the most beautiful things to shop, and I feel like if someone wants to make like an illustrated magical seed catalog
0: oh my god we
1: would we'd sell it in our shop probably oh my god. yeah uh,
0: if i knew how to draw that is what i would draw
1: <laughs> It'd be so cool get those flowery descriptions going lol pun yeah. intended
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know uh let's let's stop having urban fantasy and start having rural fantasy thank you modern rural <laughs> fantasy
1: requests the cottage core <laughs> which to no one's surprise
0: yeah i mean listen cottagecore is already gay witches in the cottage is already like a thing like where 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 is it i guess i gotta add it to my to-do list of things that i want to write one day
1: yeah Uh, let's see so oh so we have uh i think the first like big correction of this book two chapters ago baz said that the day that he was turned his dad and fiona were both casting healing spells on him like frantically that that day and then in Mm. this chapter he says that fiona was in beijing when on that day when his mom died and that she came home for the funeral Hmm. so continuity Mm. error
0: you're correct.
1: So close to each other too, which is like someone should have caught that in editing.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even notice that. I think I was too focused on Fiona, the potentially failed herbalist. Oh yeah. Can you imagine? She does not have herbalist energy. <laughs> At all. I guess maybe in like a happier timeline perhaps, but yeah, I think even then it's like you would fucking get bored of herbalism. Unless you're trying to like make poisons for people, I don't fucking know.
1: Oh my god. She would me. Ma- she's just not patient enough.
0: Yeah, this is true. All right. Yeah, what's next? Bad's complaining about his room at home and how he can't move shit because it's like a national, whatever the American equivalent of the National Trust is. I feel like museum is kind of the closest that I get in my brain. Mm. i didn't look this up i'm sorry but i'm like he lives in a goddamn museum we can't even like put up any fucking posters because it's like it's a historical building you can't fucking do shit to it and i'm like that's like a a shitty place to grow.
1: yeah it does it sounds terrible and i also that's my my last thing here too but like Surely this is registered with the National Trust of just, like, the UK and not the, like, the magical UK, right? Because, like, the local paper coming in to do an article, there's no way that there's, like... He lives in, like, Manchester or something. Like, there's no way that there's, like, a local magical paper for just that area. So... I don't know how's how does that work? That you have people coming in. Your house is full of like books about eating fairies and shit. Like, how 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 do they get away with that?
0: Glamours? I imagine. I mean, if it's if if we're assuming that, which I feel like, I haven't actually reached the the end of the book. But if like this has been a magical house since the since the fucking beginning, I mean, I think they could totally get away with kind of like. Hiding some rooms or like matching, like glamoring the like bookcases and kind of just like, especially if it's like, oh, hey, there's some, you know, fluff reporter here to do a piece about this like historical house that's been there for like a thousand years or whatever. And they probably have enough time to like prepare.
1: <laughs> fair. So, fair.
0: But yeah, it's so weird to like live there. Like, to, I feel like in the US, a place like that, no one would live. But I guess I don't know about in the UK. I didn't have time to look this up. I was too busy looking up about horse blood, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, we obviously
1: don't know, um, but that's (laughs) my last one here.
0: I have one more thing. Baz's observation of the way that Simon sleeps, where it's like a curled up defensive position, just makes me sad. Mm -hmm. It's It's like crying emojis.
1: Yeah, that is incredibly sad. So let us move to I see a
0: little silhouette of a man.
1: I see a little silhouette of a man where we talk about character development. You wanna start with Baz or Fiona? Um, whichever. I have Fiona first in
0: let's, my let's, notes. let's see Fiona then. I don't know if I want to start with
1: how much I think she's a terrible human or just how much she's a fucking disaster.
0: I actually, my first, my, the first line of my notes is my poor disaster Fiona. She's yeah. such a fucking mess. And then my next line is that her theme song should be like the song Killer Queen by Queen. Yeah. It just... Ooh, that's I don't know. so
1: perfect
0: also I love that song and I'm like oh wow yeah dynamite with a laser bead indeed yeah like, because you're just all over the fucking place <laughs> Jesus Christ like she's surviving on like revenge and un- un- unhutty the- cupping mechanisms which yeah. is like it doesn't have to be that way
1: I will reiterate that she is an Aries <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. Aries fucking never forget. God damn.
1: She is like oh my god. She is like big Aries energy for sure. Everything about her <laughs> and her I just love that like her I mean I don't I hate it for her, but like her her rage is so just like directionless and she's just like do anything. Like I don't care baz like i don't literally don't care even a tiny bit just like steal a paperweight it doesn't matter i'm just like mad and this will make me feel better The yeah just like the the randomness of it is is weirdly charming in a way even though i feel like very terrible for her
0: yeah i feel like i would love nothing more for like fiona to like have some chill and maybe some empathy by other people <laughs> Bez being like, "Oh yeah, that tape recorder thing uh, didn't get Simon. He got some other of my classmate." And she's like, "Oh, psh, she's not even like a fucking pure blood. I don't give a fuck." I'm like, "What girl? What the fuck?"
1: I know that's that's why, why I just wrote, "Wow, I hate her." <laughs> and then the quote, "She's not one of ours, is she?" Like. Ooh no yuck Mm-mm. like yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> throw that yeah. all the way away Fiona. i yeah. do not like this
0: right it's like what the fuck like what yeah and i she's such a disaster and i'm also a little bit like mm, maybe you really shouldn't be around um your young nephew if you're gonna be doing all this fucked up shit and like putting all this pressure on him to be like well you're at school you gotta fucking do something about the mage and it's like bro he's like 18? 17?
1: Currently yeah one of
0: those It's like and especially when Baz is like oh yeah my way to school she's like fucking go steal some shit it's like Baz has been like a fucking torture coffin for like a month and a half and you're just like oh and by the way you better be keeping your eyes on campus I'm like that's not how you treat children (laughs) (laughs) but then like Baz being like I'm gonna go along with it because Fiona's like grief and rage keeping his mom's memory alive is like oh my god because like (laughs) you can say a lot of things about Fiona but a lack of passion is not one of them
1: (laughs) all passion no compassion (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh yeah Mm -hmm. she refers to well she refers to herself as not a race traitor but uses the word race traitor and then talks about the fact that she's dating normals by saying I'd never marry one and like uh, mm, one in that sentence is very like it all "Mm, I just (laughs) like you are uh i mean the this, this series of chapters you really don't come away from with really any like doubts about how right the mage is to be against these people even though you also come out of them being like whoa the mage you are a terrible person but that's for a later section
0: yeah i was actually so curious about that because i'm just like does fiona think that magicians are like so removed from normals or was it just sort of like a quick shorthand to sort of let baz know like what she meant i
1: think that she she does think that they're so far apart as to be like almost a separate species or something like that I don't
0: yeah I suspect you're right yucky <sighs> yeah yeah Fiona's yeah, like not a good person
1: <laughs> no and unless you have anything else about her uh, neither is Baz so maybe we could
0: talk about that yeah let's let's talk about Baz also in these series of chapters
1: uh, my first note is just I don't like him <laughs> <laughs> i feel for him a lot i have a lot of tender feelings for him but like ooh, he comes across so bad
0: yeah like he is a terrible bigot i'm just like my dude
1: (laughs) he is even bigoted against his own dad
0: yeah the shit he says about his dad like he's a fuck like i'm just like what <laughs> i know
1: my mother must have been what desperately in love to marry him like ew a farmer like jesus christ Baz.
0: even though again i feel like we get the sense that like it's not that he just family like he just lived in the country i'm sure they were just wealthy landowners who are also equally terrible
1: i mean if his dad likes talking about livestock and seeds maybe he does have more of a role in the actual like agriculture than
0: yeah than that yeah but he's not like out in the fields like telling them no so so Uh, yeah
1: um yeah baz gets this sentence about how the mage implemented taxes to pay for every fawn bastard and centaur something and pathetic excuse for a magician to attend Watford taxes were for normals we had standards instead like Basilton pitch go to your room
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need to think about what you said
0: which yes which you know just let, you know, I know that probably listeners know this, but just because you're gay doesn't mean you're still can't be a bigoted piece of shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Uh, Yeah. And it's like, it's past, I think, the regurgitation of what you hear your family say that I think that I would say that if he was like a younger character, maybe we could be like, he doesn't maybe quite he's just like kind of like parodying this he maybe doesn't quite actually believe this but Baz actually believes this shit Mm -hmm. like he may not want to murder Simon or like steal the voice of his classmate but I think he would be totally fine if like it was only pure blood magicians who were at Wofford like he would be totally fine with that and I'm like my dude that's still a fucking terrible take like what the fuck yeah,
1: he's 100% old enough to have thought through this for himself and like demonstrates very clearly that he's very capable of critical thinking and he he just is going along with it and that's like really bad. <laughs> it's just yeah, really gross. Yeah. I'm interested. Do you have any thoughts on So Baz is uh, looking at all of these things through the lens of someone whose family is being directly targeted by the mage who is trying to, like, implement his, like, fascist communism, basically. <laughs> and he's, like, targeting Baz's family. So, like, Baz has this, his entire view of all of the mage's reforms is through the lens of, like, his family personally being, like, singled out which i i don't really think is an excuse but i wonder how much that plays into like like how differently baz might think about it if his family wasn't one of the ones being specifically targeted
0: i think that he would maybe not feel as strongly or perhaps maybe even embrace some of the things that the mage some of the mage's reforms if I think if his family wasn't being specifically targeted, I think that he would maybe still feel a lot of passion against what the mage is doing, but would maybe embrace some of it. But I think the fact, I think compounded by the fact that he is unspoken magical royalty, like top of the food chain of the old families, means that like, means he's extra angry, because there's definitely like a lack of power and privilege that is being taken away from him and his family because of the mage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's at the top. He kind of has, I don't want to say like the most to lose, but there are a lot of expectations of like how his family used to be that it's not happening anymore. And I think there's a lot of like, I'm sure like resentment and anger that he's also picking up on from the rest of his family and also maybe would have expected if the mage hadn't have, like, succeeded in doing all this stuff with him kind of being, like, you know, magical prince, you know, being sort of, like, respected and, like, weighed upon and kind of having this sort of power and, like, prestige in the world where, like, that's still kind of there but not as much because of how much more egalitarian Watford is. Right now. And, you know, the mage, for better and for worse, so much worse trying to make that happen in, like, politically in the world of mages also
1: yeah i think also baz is viewing this like these are all beliefs that his mom held and his mom is like so exalted by fiona and baz's dad Mm -hmm. and like we have no way of knowing how she might have changed as a result of like You know, people starting to have larger conversations or whatever. And I feel like Baz's whole family is very stuck in, like, whatever, you know, Natasha pitch at the time of her death, like, believed and stood for. Like, that's the only thing that's acceptable. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, like, usurper of the mage who's coming in and, like, inarguably doing things the wrong way. Yeah. He is... I mean, he, he is violating people's rights, left and right, like, regardless yeah. of our thoughts on the people whose rights he's violating. Mm-hmm. So I think that that has to also play a role in terms of how Baz is, like, processing all of the things. But I don't want to extend too much credit for that because I, I kind of feel like it, there's, like right and wrong ways to like treat people and exist in the world and like just because you don't like the way that you're given that information doesn't mean that you have an excuse to not do something about like to not accept the information and like change and be a better person
0: yeah i know it does feel uh terribly politically relevant at this yeah. time <laughs>
1: all right so like okay are you okay with moving to the things that are like less horrible about this? Yeah. Uh, I actually think that you said this recently when we were talking about like why his mom's ghost was coming to Wofford. You were like, I think it's because like he feels at home there and he doesn't at his house, which is confirmed in this chapter. Also just the fact that he grew up sleeping in a bed with 42 carved gargoyles in it is like, deeply upsetting to me I hate that yeah so much. i'm just
0: can you just imagine like a little four-year-old bath having what does he say he's like a ladder or a step stool to even climb into the bed after a while so yeah. there's just like gargoyles fucking everywhere and i'm just like that seems horrifying yeah it does i like would've... that's like nightmare fuel <laughs> yeah
1: i mean yeah it is i would not have been able to sleep in that room as a kid Oh. no Yeah, what do you have next? Oh, actually, didn't have anything about Baz. I just have... Let's see. We learn that he's plagued by nightmares, and so is Simon. Uh, I appreciate sort of this confirmation that even pre this kidnapping, Baz was, like, dealing with a lot of fucking trauma. Also, his entire situation with Simon is just so heartbreaking and i feel like the line all i do is lose just like ripped my heart out uh, of my chest it's
0: so sad it's just like the the defeat in that in that sentence and that like those like those like paragraphs you're like oh my god my dude.
1: yeah yeah i think that's it as is uh simultaneously horrible and tragic the
0: end
1: (laughs) (laughs) welcome to caught in a landslide where we rant about stuff
0: i only have one thing
1: me too that's yours
0: which is for the love of god Get these children some mattress protectors. Baz is like, oh man, the dust and the goose down in my bed. I'm like, no, what? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I'm like, how do you? How is anyone breathing in these fucking beds? Oh my god.
1: God, (laughs) Chelsea is so mad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, granted, I like. Some down bedding. I really do. But I also have allergies and I just can't. I just imagining sleeping just straight up on a down mattress with the with the feathers poking you through the sheets just sounds itchy and terrible and all the dust. And I'm like, it's fucked up.
1: It is fucked up.
0: I don't know. I'm just very angry about it. It's like all the like how damp Hogwarts is. I'm just like, please, you're you have magic and prove the conditions you're just basic living conditions that's
1: so that's this is the first thing right that's come up in this book where it's like what is the point of being magic like why did you why is this a thing that and i mean i guess it's because we need we need baz to like be able to point out to us that this is like not up to his standards but he likes it anyway yeah from a like narrative perspective but Mm -hmm uh yeah you're totally you're totally right
0: i mean i think we can cut him some slack being a vampire like i'm I'm sure there are things that don't bother him and like i'm sure simon has slept in unfortunately worst situations and unlike dusty down mattress so
1: yeah and i think that is also one of we get several like very nice juxtapositions between like simon and baz in these chapters because when we first saw simon get into the bed like he just talks about like how wonderfully comfortable it is and then we see baz first get into the bed and he's like it's pokey and lumpy but like i love it anyway which is very nice uh Mm -hmm. just getting these like side by sides of who these characters are i love this book (laughs) all right my rant the audacity (laughs) Of the mage coming in (laughs) to raid people's houses and just fucking sitting there drinking their tea while his men go through and, like, steal their shit. What
0: an asshole. What a fucking dick. I.
1: (laughs) Holy shit.
0: And, like, you know it's, like, the good China and then he leaves and he's, like i'm not gonna clean that shit that this is your house and fucking Mm -hmm. leaves and i'm just like like maybe he puts his like gross boots on the furniture like you could just imagine just the sort of terrible (laughs) shit that you would do like staring down these fucking people in their own house like what a piece of work
1: absolutely (laughs) Mm -mm. yeah yeah um, so, speaking of the mage, let's uh, go to Please. Face the Truth, where we talk about politics and
0: things that are fucked up. Yeah, we get a lot in this chapter. Holy God. <laughs>
1: so much <laughs> what a political chapter
0: i know it's it's so needy and it's actually it's actually a really great uh i don't know what we're working for because like simon doesn't know much about the political stuff so all of his head is just like well, why do i have these feelings about baz and you're just like oh my god my soft <laughs> little like oatmeal cream pie <laughs> like, <laughs> but baz is all like we get all the meat of the world because baz is like deep in it and it's just like a really excellent like contrast yeah
1: Ooh, so we start off with the mage raiding everybody's fucking houses mm-hmm. and using the line the line there's nothing to hide as long as you don't have anything to hide <laughs> which is like I want to, like, jump in, dive into the pages (laughs) of the story and be like, say I do not consent to a search. Say it. Say it. Don't say anything, but I do not consent to a search. Just keep saying (laughs) it. Which obviously is not policy that uh, the mage has implemented.
0: Yet another magical world that needs some fucking lawyers.
1: So desperately i just feel like all of my like anarchist meme or zines from back in the day like all of my like alarm bells are just like going off of like the list of things (laughs) like just be like you just need to say like am i under arrest i do not consent to a search it's not not gonna stop them but at least when they arrest you and steal your shit you'll be able to like say that you did the things when you go to court to try and fight the cops (laughs) come on Put your oh. phone in a lead line box, just. <laughs> <sighs> Which all again is like I'm like, oh, 19 year old Lark, you were just getting ready for 2020. Who knew?
0: You you were your nineteen year old Lark was you know really had the the eye on the prize there. Apparently. So. <laughs> <sighs> I mean. This was bound to happen eventually in America. So I feel like (laughs) that it's all happening now is sort of the worst, but it was bound to happen.
1: I mean, it's been happening. It's just happening like on TV now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just happening without anybody trying to hide the fact that it's happening. That's true. (sighs) Yeah, The Mage is Awful. That sentence is a lie.
0: (laughs) Sure. Even if you
1: don't have anything on, you never consent to a search. Because it sets a precedent, no one should consent to a Yeah,
0: and like, let's not pretend that the mage wouldn't just show up at someone's house and be like, "Oh, I found this thing that like he totally just put there himself." Totally. Let's be real. Yeah,
1: Baz's house is full of banned books and dark objects. What oh, I have
0: the whole. I have the. Oh, sorry. I have the whole list of the mages' reforms. We can get into that later. Oh no,
1: let's do that first.
0: Uh, yeah. So the mages' reforms that get like their banned books and banned phrases and rules about where the magicians can meet and where which is also a little bit like "Mm -hmm, iffy very that's fucked up but also like taxes like taxes seem cool yeah paying for i mean i guess social services but like a more public school than a private school you know at least in the american context of using it to be like a school for rich people versus a school that like if you have the ability to do the thing you can be in the school right so so yeah so and i feel like you should you can be pissed about there being rules about when and where you can meet at but the rest of this shit pretty good for a flourishing society to have. <laughs> i like,
1: mean it very much depends on what the things are
0: this is true i don't this know is true.
1: i'm i don't think i'm like pro banned books generally like i think i'm pro people being like i'm not gonna stock that book because it's bad or i don't support the author or like whatever but like i don't think i don't i think banning books is a very slippery slope this is true i think banned phrases in this world absolutely absolutely does make sense but like Is it important to, like, ban a cookbook just because it includes a recipe for eating something that people, like, don't eat anymore? Like, that's just a... Which, I mean, also it includes a recipe for eating people. Like, to clarify, I'm not just like, no one eats fairies anymore. But, like, you don't need to ban the cookbook. You can just ban eating fairies. And then it just makes the cookbook outdated and, like, fucked up. Like, a fucked up relic from the past.
0: Yeah. I guess it's... IRL... Yes, I don't support banning books, like, in the real world. I guess I'm curious in this world, in, like, a magical sense, I don't know, I guess if there are, I don't know, Like if it's a cursed book that, like, you read it and, like, it causes you magically incredible, like, mental duress, or it's, Mm -hmm. like, it's full of these banned phrases, or it's, like, here's how to cook all of these, you know, non human magical beings that you're now probably going to school with. With a diagram of like, here's how you cut up a Minotaur for steak. I mean, I don't know, like I feel like I feel like the magic part of it could lend an extra bit of harm just beyond like the knowledge of what's in the book, I suppose
1: i mean i think a book that's a weapon like if you read it you like lose your mind or whatever like throw that all the way away. like that's very dangerous but like i don't think that i mean i i think that a book that shows you how to cut up a minotaur for steak is horrifying but i don't think it makes sense to ban the book itself Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it just is like no one should use it but like I don't know I just I think that it can exist and also like things like that even their like real world counterparts often end up like in museums that are like teaching about why eating a minotaur is super fucked up right Mm -hmm. like those things have historical significance in terms of educating people on how to be better (laughs) moving Mm -hmm. forward or like why the past was like this particular thing was like very terrible and we should never repeat it. So if you ban it, you like try to bury that knowledge. That's true. That doesn't make society better. Like we need Mm. to face the things instead of trying to cover them up. Yeah. But taxes are great. Yeah. (laughs) More taxes.
0: I think also, I think we can both agree that regardless, the maid should not be making the call on what information is and is not available right like he is not the person you want making that call at all you know yeah there is a like committee of how to deal with these books that maybe we don't want to be generally circulated or like maybe just want to become like relics of how things used to be that's one thing but like letting the mage do that shit is just like "Oh, oh no 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 no
1: and the way that he's implementing it is also like this is not you can't just like show up at someone's house and like go through their shit right i think even with like the dark objects i feel the same way where it's like if someone has a house full of like racist paraphernalia that just makes them a bad gross person like you don't need to ban the racist paraphernalia or even go in and like take it away from them like it just tells you everything you need to know about who that person is and like if they die and leave it to their children who are not bad people their children will throw that shit away or like find a museum to donate it to who are you know doing good work with yep. the shit like that but like as long as it's not like something you can use to actively harm someone else like all it really is is something that like gives you a great deal of very useful information about how you should feel about the person that owns that shit
0: <laughs> this is true yeah many times i've been in an antique store where they're just straight up selling like racist kitsch items and i'm like are you fucking kidding me right and it's just like oh it's this kind of place okay mm-hmm. um but one time in a place that i did not expect it was a really strange ice cream shop in semi-rural indiana where they had like the whole like their gimmick was basically the entire ice cream shop was full of cookie jars of like all kinds of cookie jars mm-hmm. and like I'm like looking around all these like weird cookie jars. And of course there's like a sizable collection of racist kitsch cookie jars. And I'm like, oh, this uh, okay. You know what? I'm actually gonna go outside. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, cool. You this is on you're just displaying these unironically. I need to get the fuck out. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: uh yep. Yeah. See, and sometimes it's a useful flag. <laughs> this is true. This is flags.
0: true. It's like it's like Trump lawn signs, racist kitsch in any place besides a museum. <laughs> yep. Tells you all I need to know about where I am, exactly. And what the person you are. <sighs>
1: it's like flagging, but <laughs> for being awful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i mean if they do have a confederate flag print handkerchief in their back pocket you should avoid them (laughs)
1: oh yes or anywhere truck Uh, window
0: yeah (gasps) all right um oh i have one more thing in politics which is the fucking cursed tape recorder that fiona gives baths Yeah, where i'm like oh i mean part of me is like bad you should have just like fucking like threw that shit in the lake you should have stomped <laughs> it with your fucking shoe you shouldn't have given it back to fiona that's for sure yeah but also like that is definitely something that should not
1: that's an object that should be banned because it's a weapon
0: <laughs> yeah that is a literal weapon in this world and i'm like y- just this yeah this should be like in a safe somewhere where no one can use it, <laughs> not just like given to your fucking seventeen-year-old nephew. <laughs> like what a shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, like what a terrible weapon to have floating around.
1: Seriously, and oh, the description of Philippa's voice. Going out like a mouse sucked up in a vacuum cleaner, which is not anything that I ever wanted to think about. I
0: all. mean, as far as like a horrifying, disgusting visual like image, I mean it works because you're just sure like, does. Ugh. yeah, it's
1: horrible.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. so
1: we get this line from Baz. He says you can't blame the old families for striking back at the mage and I would just like to say that I absolutely can. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. I think the they mage have the is agency. Awful.
1: <laughs> and also I blame them with my whole being for <laughs> pushing back.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah, it sucks that you guys were all forced off the coven, but you had agency to not do terrible things. Right. And then you decided to ignore that and do terrible things.
1: Yeah, yep you you absolutely deserved to lose power. It's complicated because I don't like the way that the mage did the things, but like you shouldn't just be sitting there stewing about how you lost power. You should be like sitting there thinking very hard about what led to that situation and how you can do better in the future. And,
0: and like the worst thing is, it's like. You didn't, they didn't actually lose that much power. Like, you still have your wealth mm. and your literal magical abilities and your fucking. Hello, Winnie. you're humongous... like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your humongous, gothic, magic filled estate. It's like, okay, yeah. So, some like half pixies and some minotaurs are like going to the school. Like, calm the fuck down.
1: Yeah, I just meant their poli- like literal political power of being on yeah. the deciding governing body it's like that didn't have to happen to you you could have made different choices and then you could still have a say in how things are going if you weren't absolutely horrible human beings but you are and that's something that you could stop being if you decided to so
0: and I I actually I can't help but think that the like old family gatherings that Baz isn't going to but his dad is is probably like the worst conservative bullshit you can imagine 100 percent yeah
1: sometimes this feels like actually both of our pod- podcasts lately feel like we have just like a current politics podcast
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean i think like i mean i think partly because like we just keep doing the same shit in modern society like over and over again <laughs> so it's like nothing about our current plural situation is like new like the combination of things is new but like each individual aspect is like okay cool like you know fascist white supremacists are pushing back against like marginalized people trying to have some kind of rights and like also fucking greed and also we don't want to give black people any kind of social safety net so we're gonna drive this country off of a cliff in order to prevent and i'm just like i just feel like (laughs) We're just living in a giant trope <laughs> of, <laughs> like, terribleness, of, like, incompetent government and also white people with prisoners being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That, like, I mean, you almost couldn't... Like, if this was in a book, you'd be like, that's too much, y'all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
1: accurate. Yeah. it 2020 really does feel that. It's like... Come on, be realistic. All of those things wouldn't happen at the same time. Yeah. Like no, actually they called it this really is what the apocalypse feels like. Give away your money, everyone. (laughs) 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 Let's go talk about sex. Woo! welcome to send shivers down my spine where we talk about sexy stuff
0: i think you should go first
1: there's so much okay so this is the other like really beautiful juxtaposition between baz and simon that we get in in this chapter so way 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 back early in the book we got this line from simon talking about being roommates with baz where he says Sharing a room with the person you hate the most is like sharing a room with a siren. You can't ignore that person, and you never get used to them. It never stops being painful. And then in this chapter from Baz, we get, Sharing a room with the person you want the most is like sharing a room with an open fire. It's constantly drawing you in, and you're constantly stepping too close. And you know it's no good, that there is no good, that there's absolutely nothing that can ever come of it. But you do it anyway, and then... Well, then you burn.
0: These confused boys. I
1: know. (laughs) And I just, again, this is exquisite writing. Yeah. These two sentences spaced apart the way that they are like, it's just, it's sending shivers down my spine. (laughs) It's so good.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I
1: have literal goosebumps right now. Oh my god. <sighs> yeah, what do you have first?
0: Uh, that it takes us 200 pages, but only like, what, like four best chapters before it's like, oh yeah, I'm deeply in love with him. And mm-hmm. I'm like, great, I'm glad someone is, <laughs> I'm glad someone is confused about their feelings. <laughs> also, it's like, oh. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, yeah. Can I read that to you? I have that sentence yes, here.
0: Yes, yes,
1: yes. So, Vaz is talking about how he survived his kidnapping by thinking about Simon. Right? And when I felt myself slipping too far, I held on to the one thing I'm always sure of. Blue eyes, bronze curls, the fact that Simon Snow is alive, and that nothing can ever hurt him, not even me. That Simon Snow is alive. And I'm hopelessly in love with him. Uh, End scene. <sighs> just.
0: Because this is definitely like a wham line. You're just like, you're just like, you know, you're just sitting there. And then it's like someone has like chucked the feelings at the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It actually a little bit reminds me of. I mean, obviously, there's not the same emotional weight. But like the first episode of Welcome to Night Vale, where Cecil's like, and I fell in love instantly. And I'm like.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yep. Mm, yeah. What's next?
0: So many of my things are looking like all caps after this. Um, I do, actually I did have a thing about Simon getting, thinking of Simon getting him through his like hellscape time in the coffin, but also just him watching Simon sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how much watched Simon sleep, and I'm just like, <sighs> it's like both creepy and also i'm like i'm like kind of here for it (laughs) because it's just like oh dude you're in so deep
1: yeah i feel like the kind of crush that baz has on simon is so entirely consuming Mm -hmm. and i um like i've been i've been in crush on someone this intensely i think only once where it was like and it's unrequited because that's a a critical piece of this as baz is convinced that it's unrequited Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that feeling in and of itself i feel like it's kind of addictive because it's like it hurts so good like i i remember having a conversation with a friend of mine like a million years ago where we were talking about I don't even know how the hell it came up but we were talking about something and we were talking about like levels of things that are sad and we were like there's nothing sad about unrequited love like unrequited love is fun (laughs) and like bad parents are sad (laughs) (laughs) but I mean it's like sad but the experience of being in it is kind of like the experience of being on a roller coaster like you get that like entire like body high that comes with it and even though it's like (laughs) fucking depressing there is something that's like very fun about being so hopelessly in love with someone like that and i when i was telling you their birthdays Baz is a pisces son right yeah like this is where that shows up (laughs) for sure (laughs) And just for the record, everyone, they have official birthdays. Baz is a Pisces sun, Virgo moon, and I'm standing firm on the fact that he's a Capricorn rising. And when we did talk about him having Capricorn, I was like, "There's water in there somewhere." So apparently, the water is in his sun sign. But like, he is—I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's a—that's a fun feeling that you're feeling, even though you're very sad. Does that make
0: any sense? Yes.
1: Okay. Cool. Because there's the thing that's as a Pisces, the thing that's true about Pisces is that we, like, really love hurting our own feelings, and I don't always know how, like, universally applicable <laughs> it is. <to laughs> just be, like, I love to feel sad on purpose.
0: I feel like I didn't used to, but I feel like I do enjoy being sad on purpose. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like my a lot of my crushes have just been, like, it's fun to obsess about something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, have it be, like, really consuming. But, like, it's not I think in reality, it's like if it had been a requited cross, I'd have been like, (laughs) actually, I don't know. I don't know if I want this. I just like wanting to want it and to think about it all the time.
1: Can I just say that is like your chart. That makes so (laughs) much sense. So much (sighs) sense. Listeners, Jesse is a Sagittarius, Sun, Capricorn, Moon, Scorpio, Rising which totally (laughs) that's so perfect also for sure we it doesn't happen in this book obviously like it works out very well but I feel like when you've been that deeply enamored with someone for that long and you've made it such a thing in your head and you've memorized where all of their freckles and moles are and whatever like when you actually get the thing it never ever lives up to the thing you constructed in your head and I feel like often it would just like fizzle out and it doesn't live up to what Baz has constructed in his head, but also he's still like in it at the end of the book, which is nice for him.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. The bit about him memorizing Simon's moles. Oh my God. I was just like, dude. Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's just... so deep. So deep.
1: Yeah. Um, the last thing I have here is just about the thing where it's like they just take turns looking at each other when the other one isn't paying attention. <laughs> but clearly they both know that it's happening. I'm like, oh, I just. I know. It's like, like it
0: how, how do you, how do you, how do neither of you know what's happening? <laughs> I mean, Baz. <laughs> but like, but Baz hasn't quite figured it out that Simon's obsession with him is also sexual mm-hmm. and like all the other things yeah which speaking of sexual things i don't remember if it was like whatever whichever chapter it is where baz is like yeah the year where like simon like followed me around and i couldn't like figure out my feelings and i couldn't like jerk off my feelings they went away and i'm like i don't think that was gonna work anyway <laughs> I'm just like if you're at the point where you're like jerking off thinking about someone like i don't think you'd be like all right i'm done that was cool
1: right
0: i mean maybe but like my dude like i just i don't think that that's a thing no i don't think so either i'm pretty
1: sure that just reinforces
0: it, yes yeah i think you, yeah you're, re- you're reinforcing those feelings in your brain <laughs> literal like classical conditioning yourself <laughs> to have sexual reactions to that person. <sighs> oh. yeah
1: yeah don't do that everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad idea.
0: yeah uh, yeah, do you have other stuff? I think, was, I think that was my last thing.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Is this just fantasy?
1: Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy? Where we talk about magic and science and magical
0: science. So back to the uh, band cookbook's. I like how, when Baz is like, they didn't disappear because we ate them all. <laughs> Which he, yes, totally had to specify because there are so many animal species that people have just eaten to extinction. Yes, or <laughs> close to extinction. So, the most interesting one that I I was into a podcast recently where they were talking about like kind of just this species of animals that like don't exist that people kind of ate into extinction and that uh scientists think that that's what happened to the woolly mammoths because they were such an important food and like pelt and like resource for whatever human subspecies or whatever was alive at the time of woolly mammoths and also maybe they tasted really good Hmm. so and it's just really interesting to think about like us like eating like these giant animals into extinction i'm just like how yeah so like not not even necessarily a modern phenomenon of, of capitalism, which is surprising. That is to surprising. Me. <laughs> yeah. So and probably maybe something analogous to eating fairies is those like songbirds that people would like eat whole that are like totally endangered now. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I don't know if they're just specific to France or if it's like a cuisine that like French people are really into. But there are these like songbirds that apparently are i guess really fucking good that you would prepare whole to eat the whole bird but they're hella endangered because people were eating the shad it's such a weird thing but apparently they're like incredibly good like simply
1: god (laughs) it's a a very french thing to do like eating tiny songbirds and like eating the legs of frogs has very similar energy where it's like that is so much work for such a small amount of food
0: yeah anyway but let's get to the fact that i spent (laughs) the thing that i spent like 10 minutes a day looking up which is uh bass says in these chapters that he said he could drain a polo pony without spilling a drop basically which i'm like are you eating enough dude because like how are the rats in the catacombs like cutting it if you could consume all of the horse blood so of course it had to be like how much blood does a horse have yeah um so first off i don't know anything about horse sports besides an admiration of looking at horses um so polo horses are Basically, the same kind of horses you use for, like, racing, like, a thoroughbred horse or a thoroughbred, like, mix. So, like, not necessarily one specific breed, uh-huh. but, like, horses that are, like, fast and agile and, like. So, horses have, and a- the, the average amount of blood that, a, that an average-sized horse, like, a 1,200-pound horse has uh-huh. is and is about 10 to 12 gallons or, like, 50 to 54 liters of blood, which is a lot of liquid to consume as a human-sized person <laughs> yeah where where is it going dude
1: surely baz is being hyperbolic if I, that's the case i think
0: so i definitely think so and i guess what it makes sense he wouldn't be like drinking all of the blood of a horse it'd be like some of the blood so you don't like have to keep buying horses i mean i'm sure you could afford to do that but it seems like a lot
1: I was wondering if Baz is like sneaking into the stables at the club and just like randomly killing people's
0: horses. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably definitely I don't know, like what's the word when you're like skimming off the top, I guess, essentially, of the horses that Mm. I'm I'm sure are there.
1: No, because he doesn't know that he can like moderate he always kills what he eats.
0: Oh yeah, then he's definitely killing people's horses.
1: That's bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he must have just been like, that was like his equivalent of like, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. Yeah. Right? It has to be. I honestly took it at face value until you were like 12 gallons. And now I'm like, nope, he he was being hyperbolic.
0: I mean, maybe he's like drinking the blood of a small horse. Because, okay, so also a distinction I learned very recently is that ponies aren't baby horses ponies are just small horses foals are baby horses so when people say pony they're just referring to like a certain kind of horse and not a baby horse
1: i i did know that oh okay
0: i didn't know that i learned on twitter i'm like wait how did i not know this? so like if he's like drinking like a miniature horse that seems like probably a thing Like a Shetland pony. Oh my god, they're so small. He's just like he's just like has knelt down over a Shetland pony. Oh my god, they're too cute.
1: I can't imagine Baz could bring himself to eat a fucking pony.
0: I mean, I think that would, I think that would fit in with his character being like, "LOL, I'm gonna eat someone's fucking, I don't know, petting farm." Oh my god. I mean, if his dad is in the agriculture family, they definitely have some stables of horses and, like, stuff. That's know?
1: true. But they also keep a, a forest stocked with game for bass to eat. That's true. So. Did
0: not look up how much, like, blood a deer has. I don't know.
1: Significantly
0: less than a horse. They're so much smaller. Significantly less than a horse, but, like, probably more than you think, considering how fast they are, I guess. I don't know because apparently when I was doing my how much blood does a horse have" research which was surprisingly difficult um and like a lot I'm trying of trying to think about what kind of targeted advertising you're gonna get I was gonna, yeah I felt like really weird being like the NSA agent who's watching my like Google search is gonna be like what the fuck is wrong with this
1: dude earth? so many of the things that I have to search for to make like the episode art
0: um but what I did learn is that uh, horses, race horses and horses that that move fast or like quick or whatever, have more blood than like a horse that's like plowing a field, you know. Essentially, well, wow, that makes
1: so much logical sense and is not something that I ever ever would have guessed.
0: Yeah, ne- neither did I. But I'm like, oh, because yeah, it does make a lot of sense because like you need a horses need a lot of air to like run pure and like a lot of thoroughbred horses horses are built very delicately and then the way that we've bred them to like say run horse races just makes them even more fragile but apparently they're full of blood so (laughs) i mean like all mammals but more blood than like anyway so yeah i learned a lot about horses which i mean i love horses so it was cool to learn about
1: do you think that humans who are like just preternaturally good at like long distance running have genes that cause them to have more blood than other people or like larger heart valves or like something that increases oxygen exchange
0: i don't know but i definitely think there are things like that for people who live in like higher altitudes where the air is thinner
1: that's true i mean genetic mutations like, just random fucking genetic mutations can result in all sorts of weird shit. Yeah. I feel like it could totally be the case that if it's, like, wow, you're just, like, so good at that without trying, that if you, like, looked at their genome and knew what you were looking for, you'd be like, oh, look at that. You just, like, happen to have an extra pint of blood than everyone else has.
0: Which I feel like would be cool. I don't know why. It just, like, it seems (laughs) cool to bit like, I don't know. Or people who, like, I mean, I don't know if it happens as much now because of at least in the U.S. because capitalism, but like some people who spend like 10 months in the womb and it's like, LOL, extra time. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. It must, I don't know, it must benefit somehow from like having extra blood or having, you know, extra time in the womb. Uh Uh-huh. So. Bodies are so weird. I know. They're so gross. (laughs) I look at Tony Nicola all the time and if she tells me about like a patient she had and I'm like, oh, bodies are so so gross. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And on that note, wait, do you have anything else?
0: I have uh, just a couple of things that I wanted to note. Okay. Um. First off is uh, we mentioned, I guess, in his last episode where uh, Baz points out that Fiona swears like a normal, mm-hmm. but he apparently swears like mages do, which, and in this chapter, so we get, he uses, I mean, I guess like kind of like, not like a swear, but like, a name you would say an exclamation or whatever that phrase is right he says um chomsky and crowley <laughs> mm-hmm. which referring to of course Noam chomsky which i mean he wrote a bunch of political books but i also didn't realize is that he is he wrote a bunch of books about linguistics yeah And is like a big person in like modern linguistics so i'm like okay that makes sense but also very funny uh-huh and then uh, crowley is of course alistair crowley who is like very famous in magic and occult stuff and like an author and just like a kind of like pop culture figure of magic occult stuff
1: he like popularized tarot in uh his in his
0: day i actually didn't know that in a mainstream way that's cool so so yeah both these things i can see why those these would be things that like mages would have of note um even if they are normal people but like Maybe it makes sense that they would have the names of normals as like squares slash... I bet we mages. can
1: assume that these folks are magic in this, like, in this world in the same way that, like, Lewis Carroll and Dr. Seuss are apparently mages.
0: True. I guess that makes sense for Alistair Crowley. It does make me laugh about Gnome Trunks. Uh,
1: that one made me laugh, too, because I think it's <laughs> the only one that we get that's not someone associated with magic because the other ones that we see a lot are, like, Merlin and and Morgan, Morgan- Morgana, Morgana... Morgana... Whatever. Yeah and like those are you know magic magic people Yeah. so Chomsky is funny it's an <laughs> interesting outlier it really, it really is <sighs> also isn't he still alive
0: I actually don't think he's still alive I think he no. died pretty recently
1: oh okay his Wikipedia article says is
0: not was oh I was skimming it pretty quickly because I spent so much time looking about a horse blood <laughs> 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 I was like what, was like, what? Was like what is my brain <laughs> Uh, uh, also we get some more stuff about vampires which at this point in time Baz does not know much about because he doesn't personally know any vampires and his family is not very forthcoming with information but he is kind of dead whatever that means
1: right it's that I think is definitely like worth noting especially like Baz's attitude towards it and I also just felt like it was you know baz is so composed even when he's like narrating to us and so his like it's not like i have anyone i can ask it just like felt like a really it felt really big you know yeah it was like he's pretending like it's not a big deal but like you can tell in his in his voice if you were actually hearing a voice that he that is really hard for him
0: Right, and, like, there's definitely a clear sense of, like, his family just trying to, like, ignore the fact that he is a vampire, basically, Mm -hmm. because, like, how easy would it be for the grim pitches to find a fucking vampire strong on them and be like, so we have some questions for you, you know? Who's going to say anything? Like, they probably would have just murdered the vampire afterwards anyway. Like...
1: I mean, you're not wrong.
0: (laughs) I'm not, I mean, so, like, the ethics of that is obviously terrible, yes. But... Bass just doesn't know things about himself, and I feel like it seems like it would behoove his family to n- know important things about Bass. Like, totally. is, is he immortal? Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? You know? Import- that, that seems like an important thing, and like, yes, like his, whatever the fuck kind of debt is, his interpretation of that, like, that seems like a kind of important thing that at least his family should know.
1: Doesn't it also seem weird that there hasn't been, like, a magical anthropologist who goes and lives among vampires and writes a book?
0: Yeah. Though I guess, yes, that does seem weird.
1: It seems like what Penny would do when she grows up.
0: Yeah. I guess if I, I, if I had to guess, I would imagine that, considering the old family's bigotry about everyone, this is not a straight-up, whatever, long-generation mage they just like don't super pay attention to
1: yeah but there's also a, a strong a strong history in anthropology of horrendously othering the subjects of your anthropological endeavors which fits true. right in with the old family energy
0: that is true that is very true <laughs> maybe someone did and the vampires just ate them <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> like that kid never came back from trying to do their doctoral thesis My God. <laughs> he must have just dropped
0: out It's not totally like this but did you read that story about a couple of years ago like some white dude who like tried to go to this uh remote island I don't remember exactly where it was but there is like a kind of remote indigenous people that live there mm-hmm. and they just fucking straight up murdered this dude. <laughs> No. and I'm like that's probably what like that's what you get Yeah. <laughs> from just being like I'm just gonna row up to this island uh and just see what's going on and it's like no dude what yeah people fucking live there like yeah. no I so, kind of
1: love that story
0: I will send you a link to the actual details but that's pretty much the gist of it so and it's kind of like good it's kind of basically yeah. the internet was like yup that's exactly what you deserve <laughs> for doing that thing that you shouldn't have done yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Badgerly needs yeah. Someone needs to have fucking written a book or like, ask some vampires some like questions. Like, come yeah.
1: on. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you on that.
0: Corbaz. Uh, do you have anything else? I don't actually.
1: All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Escape from Reality. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and also to check out our other podcast, The Gaily Prophet, where we talk about Harry Potter humorously yet ruthlessly.
0: We are on the internet under the umbrella of The Gaily Prophet. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Gaily Prophet. Our website is gailyprophet.com. We are on Tumblr at The Gaily Prophet Podcast. and. If you want to support us financially, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit.
1: Where you get all of the episodes of Escape from Reality with both bonus content and early. So, you know, that's a fun perk. Uh, You can find me on the internet. On Instagram at Lark Malachi, that's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I, or on my website, which is spelled the same way. And uh, if you go to my website, you can get a tarot reading from me if you want to. Which should fun. You should (laughs) tell (laughs) me.
0: Highly, highly recommend that you do that. Um, You can find me on the internet on Instagram at Live from Detroit, or on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. If you want to know my thoughts about. IRL terrible people <laughs>
1: in case they aren't made clear <laughs> allegories. Oh. <laughs> uh, allegories uh, um, our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester the music and our theme song is by Kevin MacLeod the rest of the music in the podcast is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen and until next time Scotamooch Scotamooch